0: Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan, sir. Wow. I think you're really going to enjoy today. Uh, coach Brendan Singleton, Texas Wesleyan University, who since last April has become an amazing friend of Coaching You. Uh, I have been absolutely blown away by him and his philosophy, his concept of defense, the way he's, he develops his culture and his program. At Texas Wesleyan, the way he frankly raises and develops young people, turns boys into men. Uh, He gets it. He gets it. And I don't care if you're a high school coach, a small college coach, a power five coach, or an NBA coach. You need to listen closely to him because he gets it, especially the people aspect. This is one of the best sessions we've had. In the last several years on Coaching You podcast. So I want you to really tune in and listen closely to him to Brendan Shingleton because it is special. Very, very special. Basketball, one thing, life and coaching, another. There's no doubt about it, coaches. when it comes to basketball, game film, crossover is the best platform out there. Since 2013, they've worked with nine national champions, 240 high school state champions, and 128 collegiate conference winners. Nobody out there has more experience providing full-service game film analysis. In fact, they break down the equivalent of an entire 1,230-game NBA regular season every single day. They have 110 preset search filters so you can find exactly what clips you want to watch on just a single click. They're also going to track 284 statistical data points for you so you'll have advanced metrics such as the four factors, shooting efficiency, and opponent tendencies all at your fingertips. If you haven't seen their new interactive shot charts yet, you'll need to get on a demo. Sign up at www dot crossover dot com forward slash coaching you to receive a one free game opportunity that's crossover with a K dot com slash coaching you to get one free game it's great to have my friend Brendan Shingleton here uh, for a conversation about coaching Uh, we got to meet last April when I came to your cool campus at Texas Wesleyan Uh, literally uh, three weeks or a month after you guys became NA- NAI national champs, and uh, man, what a what a great surprise! Uh, a because I haven't been to Texas that much, other than to go play games in the, you know in the NBA and stuff, and I had never been really to Fort Worth, and uh, just love what you're doing with your team. Uh, tell me, tell me this. Um, you know, we, we had a conversation, and it was really highlighted in your presentation. You know. The hardest thing I think in coaching is, you know, from a X and O standpoint uh, is to teach defense. Uh, how did you come up with the philosophy that you came up with about contain and contest?
1: I, it's It literally slipped out one day in practice. Uh, we weren't containing the dribble and we weren't contesting any shots. And <laughs> uh, being an elementary mindset that I had, it, it felt like it rhymed in a song or had some rhythm to it. And it just stuck. And then after that, we simply just tried to use simplistic words to catch their memory. And that's how it, it literally stuck, contain and contest. And, and we just slipped off the tip of our tongue and we kept repeating it over and over again. And we expanded on it, obviously, as we went. But It just simply made sense to us um, as we were able to simply communicate that to our guys on a day-to-day basis. The great uh, Tony Robbins, uh, the motivational guru and, you
0: know, basically life trender, life coach, uh, you know, says, you know, the biggest thing that has happened to him in his career is he took things that people thought were very, very complex and he made them simple. And I think that's really the art of coaching, parenting, you know, Or, you know, managing a business, you know, it's just about how to get people to perform at a high level is to make not to intimidate them with how difficult something is, but to make them understand how easy it is. And I think that was that's what this does. Now, defense, of course, is the hardest thing to get guys to want to do. How do you get them to to buy into you?
1: Well, we we deal with such a a wide range of young men, as you know, Um, we're such a transient university. So we have guys that have been taught a bunch of different ways by the time they get to us. And that's probably going to be the culture uh, from here on out, um, you know, with kids and, and the way they bounce around in all different ways. So what we've really tried to do is find ways for them to be successful quickly, um, whether it's just simply saying, hey, it's you versus the man with the ball right now. And if you can get him to pass it, meaning he can't score on you any longer. Um, which is the way we tend to kind of always keep a tally on wins and losses. Um, if we can get him to get to pass it negatively away from the basket, um, then then you've won that miniature battle. Um, and then all of a sudden now we start putting three and four of those guys together. And then your ultimate goal is to get five guys on the same page. Then ultimately the ball doesn't get into the basket and it doesn't make positive progress towards the goal. And uh, simply it just kind of sounds really, really, simple and elementary but it it works uh for guys uh if they realize that man i just got to get him to pass it away from the basket uh because if the ball gets closer to the basket then obviously it's got a better uh opportunity to score but for us uh we really just try to dumb it down and say okay when you're guarding your man uh, we've got to figure out how to keep the ball further away from the basket, and um, and then they just kind of kind of simplify it. And then, of course, you just got to take it individually. Some guys are really good on the ball. Some guys are slower. Some guys have better instincts. Some guys don't. Um, and so, we've got to just as coaches, going to um, analyze each person individually, and and then figure out how to make sure that we uh, give them a chance to be successful. Because the last thing we want to do is 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 coach a kid um without any confidence uh, of any of any kind um so i guess that's if that answers your question oh, yeah. i mean that for us more importantly uh simply put we just try to challenge them uh with technique and with a mindset to get them to their man uh with the ball to pass it away from the basket and then they win that little battle and then we start putting the the whole formula of our defense together.
0: Let me ask you this. For those that did not come to the coaching clinic in Fort Worth or have not purchased uh, the video yet, uh, let me ask you this. Explain to those coaches out there, and, and the cool thing about our podcast, we have coaches. I had a guy write me a letter from Belgium last week. I had sure. another coach from China and another one, how much they already enjoyed the videos that they got. And so if you're coaching anywhere in the world, explain to them how you're going to guard pick and rolls. first pick well, and roll in the middle of the floor, pick and roll on the side of the floor, if there's a difference.
1: Sure. You know, the first thing you have to have is communication. Um, I think when you try to make things simple, um, and especially what works for us is you, you've got to have guys have the ability to communicate. Right. So there isn't a pick and roll without the pick. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there isn't a, a screen and roll without the screen. So the guy that's guarding the ball, um, he's, his objective is always the same. Um, you have to guard the ball. And, and again, if we can get him to pick the dribble up, if we can get him to pass it away from the basket, then the guy guarding the ball has taken care of his job. Um, but the guy that's guarding the screener, um, and again, gets back to, there isn't a pick without the, mm-hmm. the uh, uh, the, you know, there isn't a pick and roll without the pick. So if without that communication, in uh, that, uh, selflessness that it takes to say, Hey, screen coming or pick coming or whatever your terminology might be, um, the, the way we guard a pick and roll is through communication. Uh, and then it's, and then, you know, to, to gradually work through the course of, of levels of how we guard it uh, simply starts with communicating. Um, are you tough enough to say, hey, screen's coming? And then we'll start doing um, the technical side of it. Where are your hands at? Where are your feet at? Where's the sideline at? Is the guy that you're guarding a scorer? Is he a passer? Is he a penetrator? Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then we can start breaking down all that stuff. But but I think simply put, if you were to, to ask me how we guard a pick and roll initially, um it's through communication uh it's letting the person know that a screen's coming first and foremost because i think the competitor and all of us guarding the basketball will figure out a way to stay with the ball and not give in fight through a screen get underneath it be smart enough to know if your guy's uh, a shooter or a driver or a passer um and then and then we just really collapse in on guarding the ball because again uh, to to take to sound really uh, elementary again, the only thing in the gym can score is the ball, and so if we start worrying about other things, then we lose track of the only thing that can really hurt us. Um, and and that being said, I think if we communicate well early on ball screens, meaning shout it out, let them know, allow the defender on the ball to react in time and then get his bearings together and make sure he adjusts to anything that's coming, then then we feel like we're in a great stance of guarding a ball screen. And then, of course, once you implement that first step of, of communicating and, and being positive with each other and all that stuff, then we really can start kind of breaking down the technique of everything and how we adjust to each scenario. If if the ball is, let's say, in your core defense, if
0: the ball is on the sideline, okay, yeah from the the college lane line towards Correct. the sideline. Are you influencing the ball either way or just worried about keeping it in front of you?
1: I think we're, we're right now, uh, yeah. simply put, going back and not taking, breaking away from any of our philosophy, we're simply willing to guard the ball. Uh, you don't care about Because it. what I don't yeah. want to do is start schematicing uh, scheming things. And then all of a sudden we break away. Well, coach, you told me to guard the ball. Uh, you didn't tell me to push sideline. You didn't tell me to do this and that. So, uh, and this is, again, this is early, uh, this isn't March basketball. This is early. Uh, this is October, November kind of stuff to where we're really trying to do a good job of building confidence. I, I think that you can give a kid more information, um, once he understands that he's good at something. Uh, the last thing I want to do is give a guy, a bunch of information and he's not very good and confident in anything that he does. So, uh, you know, for us initially guarding a ball screen, which everybody does, it's simply mono mono. Okay, we're going to communicate. We're going to yell. We're going to scream whatever we got to do to get my guy on the ball ready. And then after that, we'll uh, figure out how we're going to adjust it and guard the ball, whether it's, you know, again, sideline, middle, sure. uh, even closer to a three-point line, an attack, or just a, a motion sense. So we, we really just try really hard um, to develop a great uh, communication basis of knowing guys are talking to each other in defense.
0: Fast Model Sports is the world's most versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation. FastModel has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software, FastDraw. FastDraw bridges the gap between whiteboarding and the digital world with an incredibly easy-to-use interface that can be used on both your computer and your iPad, providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. doesn't stop there. Along with FastDraw, they have other great programs such as FastCout, which I have used, which helps coaches create clean professional sky reports customized for your team. Fast model is trusted and used by every NBA team and WNBA team and 85% of division one college teams and over 8,000 high school and youth teams from over 75 countries around the world. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 5,000 free plays and drills for their online coaching community for access to these plays and more information, visit fastmodelsports.com or follow them on Twitter at fastmodel. Okay, now I'm going to get somewhat technical, but this is now 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 you're coaching me. The hell with yes. the listeners, okay? This is about me. I want to learn because you you totally fascinate me. I have a man crush on you, brother. You know, <laughs> and, and, let, and let me tell you something. Uh, so this now. Where are you picking up the ball? Are you getting it at half court? Are you getting it at the three-point well, line? You know, I know it's everything about drops back. Yeah, everything yeah.
1: kind of draws back to the first class. Uh, in our first class is we don't want the ball in the basket, uh, simply yeah. put. So the last thing we're going to tell our guys, again, and, and, and we all are smart enough as coaches, we have to know our team. Yeah. Uh, if one of the strengths of, of, of my point guard is that he can rattle somebody's cage without fouling. From ninety-two feet. Well, then we know that's a strength. But the problem is, is that we're also dealing with unknowns, and unknowns are refereeing, mm-hmm. the other team, things like that. So, with the hand check rules the way they are, the freedom of movement and the way they're supposed to be, we don't want to put anybody, any factors involved that would give our opponents an advantage. So for me, if I think a guy's going to shoot from half court and make it, well, then we've got to pick him up at half court sure. because he's going to shoot it and make it. But a lot of times, we're about three or four paces off of the three point line in his stance to where now we're going to guard the ball. Right. Um, and so after that, uh, there's no, not no. unless we're in a game situation to where you know we're down or you know we're really trying to stir some things up. We don't guard. We don't pressure you know, uh, 15 feet off the three-point line. Um, We're going to be in a contain-and-contest situation to where we can contain the dribble. We don't want to pressure up too bad to where we get beat off the dribble. And then we want to be in a situation where we contest all shots, where if he's not going to shoot it from 12 feet off the three-point line, there's no reason to pressure up on him. There, You know, when he gets into what we call a scoring area, and that's all dependent upon, you know, who you're guarding as well. Sure. you know, if he gets in a scoring area, then we've got to be in a situation where we contain the ball, contain the dribble, and also contest any shot that's taken. And so it's really based upon where they're at, who you're guarding, and, sure. and more importantly, the temperature of the game.
0: Okay. So, now, uh, uh, on a what I call a lead pass, let's say for a traditional sense, a pass from guard to forward, point yes. to wing, etc., uh how are we defending that the player is outside the three-point line he's a step off the sideline let's say oh how are you defending
1: we want our guys to be aggressive we want them to be um we, we want to the uh, the offense to know that they just can't go anywhere they want and again that lead pass starts with the ball so are we worried about the the recipient of the pass yes but more importantly Is that pass made without any restrictions? And that's where we get concerned. So if we're backed up off of them and our hands are on our sides or our hands are laterally to us without taking a passing lane or obstructing a pass, then I'm concerned with our defensive intensity. Uh, we want that pass to be made to where the guy that's receiving the pass is almost a little bit uncomfortable catching it. Um, And it's not necessarily the defensive pressure. It's hands in the passing lane kind of thing. And I'm not talking about the recipient's hands in the passing lane. I'm talking about the guy that's actually guarding the ball. Um, again, and so containing and contesting the ball is also making sure that that ball doesn't necessarily just go where it wants to go without any sort of resistance. Uh, we want the recipient to have to reach. For the ball, uh, and, and more importantly, reach for the ball outside of the 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 cavity of the human. Meaning, go wait outside. Wait a minute,
0: you got those advanced degrees, but what the hell, a cavity of a human? I love. Well, that. you know, I'm
1: talking about like yeah. the arms distance, arms reach.
0: Um, Talk about you know, the guys you coach. You, you, How about the guys I've been coaching? God darn well, that! If I told,
1: imagine if I told Isaiah Thomas I, that. I Holy think cow. if you, we just simplify this, simplify this thing, I meaning make it uncomfortable for people. I um, like that. You I know, like it, it, it yeah. simply put, I, if I catch it and you let me catch it and gather it, well, then now I've got the advantage on sure. you. Sure. Um, I want to, I want him to almost catch it out of bounds and have to, yeah, to really like regroup, uh, and say, well, heck, I mean, why is this guy yeah. making my life so difficult? And so, and again, it's almost like a bait and switch a little bit. Yeah. It doesn't feel like pressure, but it kind of is pressure. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel like somebody's, you know, forcing us to resist things. But it is resistance, um, you know. And so, we, you know, the challenge for us, again, is we don't want the ball to just go wherever it it, it goes or the, the offense wants it to go. But we also don't want to get out there and, and take away passing lanes to um, stir up any kind of speed for the offense as well. Yeah. So
0: Okay. Now, uh, the ball is now going to be trying to be entered into the low post. Yes. Uh, simple – uh, thing there how how are you guys uh def- now, defending that
1: yeah now we're we're in if the ball does get into the post now we're in complete choke mode uh what we call a choke scenario we're choking on the ball we want the offense to spit it back out um and if that makes sense it's kind of another simple thing like if you choke on something you want to spit it out and so our guys will hear these words and say choke well, they know now that the ball's got to get back out. So uh, is, is, that a tra- is that a trap? Or is uh, that a no, dig? It's more of a, uh, again, it's more of we know that the only thing in the gym that can score is the ball. Right. So we want to be irritating. So uh, we don't, there are times where we have to trap. Uh, who is choking?
0: Let me put it that way. If the ball is passed from the wing into the low post. Who isn't? In, who's involved in trying to choke that ball and get it out?
1: The passer does not leave. Um, yeah. Okay, in yeah. our scenario, good. it's typically a backside guy or the or one guy okay. away.
0: Okay, no, that's that's great, and I and yeah. I really believe in that. I love the terminology yeah. too. Love the terminology. Yeah. I think it, it's an aggressive term and stuff like that. Well, yeah. that that is, that is so good. Now, let me take you now, walk you back into the NAIA tournament where you have, uh, which is absolutely mind-boggling i mean to think about uh you know what you did there as far as compared to the nc2a tournament where you play two games a weekend you go home and get massages and all that crap and take a charter yeah Yeah. and all that crap and then we go back you're playing five games in six days correct correct and each game is within less than 24 hours Absolutely uh, unreal, and the and the and the people that you're playing against. I've been to that tournament several times. Uh, they're really good teams. They're yeah. really good teams from all over the country. It's a national tournament, and the, I mean, I mean basically, you know, the the time you're getting to prepare and scout for them is almost if you got to watch them play that game that day or the day before, yeah. right? That is
1: it. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, we and, and again, Brandon. That's where this thing gets. Uh, it, it's almost a little bit eerie to think uh, that a team can exist this way. But I, I think, for me, who's somebody who really pays attention to his surroundings, uh, and again, I I'm very respectful of every coach and how they run it. And I love going to practices and learning, but I can't expect my guys. To be able to run coach Jankovic stuff at SMU. I, I just can't do it. Uh, we don't have enough time. So what we try to do is really find out what works for our kids. And, and, and when I say that it's simple, simply put, guarding the basketball, how important is that to you? What works for you? Can you get that ball further away from the basket rather than closer away from the back, closer to the basket? So that translates in six days. Um, sure. You know, it, it, we don't have to worry about. Did we have to – we played a team uh, in the national tournament that this kid literally dropped his left shoulder every time he went to score uh, on the block. So we knew that we weren't going to give him his left shoulder any time. That one adjustment uh, was something that gave up 8 to 10 points in the game. It gave us some spread. So we didn't have to worry about guarding ball screens. We didn't have to do about the We just gave them a tiny bit of information they were confident in. They knew they were smart enough to do it. We walked through it and shoot around. But the way we guarded the ball, the way we – we choked things in the post. The way we were, everybody was on the same page of containing contests, and there wasn't one guy that was denying. There wasn't one guy, you know, and, and four guys that weren't. So those kind of things at our level, uh, we didn't have enough time to scout. We didn't have enough time to to walk through 15 plays that they ran. At that point, you're swimming in the pool. you got to survive. Um, and we just in, – in, unfortunately, at our level – uh, with the resources we have, we don't have the ability to scout mm-hmm. opponents a week ahead of time. Um, sure. You know, you just go in and you play to your system. You have to believe in what works for you and your team. And more importantly, how are you going to get your guys to have a um, successful, positive mindset to where whatever happens, we're going to stick to our guns because that's what's got us here.
0: Well, I, um, I think, though, that that, you know, if you go all the way back to Coach Wooden, I think, you know, basically, you know, one of his primary tenets in his philosophy is uh, I'm not going to worry about the other team. I'm going to worry about my team. And and I think that is one of the biggest mistakes we make in coaching at the collegiate level uh, is that we worry too much about the opponent instead of worrying about ourselves.
1: I wish I had any idea what uh, other coaches do. I'm so worried about what our guys do every day. Um, you know, are there are their jerseys tucked in are their shoes tight? I mean, it, we it, it gets to the point where kids nowadays get messed up in the head if their cell phones aren't working. So how can we worry about other teams if we can't even worry about Boy, what we're doing? So you know, and so we get so consumed with the little things of basketball. Again, guarding the ball, do we rebound it? Um, you know, we've got a little philosophy in this in this program to where everybody in our team can has to do four things. Um, They have to be able to rebound the ball. I don't care if you're 5'10 or 6'9. You have to be able to pass the ball. Um, you have to be able to guard the ball and you've got to be in great shape. And if you can't do those four things and I don't want to hear about, I'm not playing or coaches doing this to me or, or that, because if you choose to do those four things and you've given yourself a chance to contribute to this team on and off the court and, and it's pretty simple. I mean, you know, and again, I don't think, I think that has the direct reflection of my intellect is that I can't, uh, I can't complicate things too much or it doesn't make sense.
0: Hey, that, that was so, so powerful. I want you to give those again to our audience the four things that to play at TWU and really I think it's I think it's frankly it's it's play anywhere
1: well, there are four things that I truly believe that should be incorporated in any yeah, basketball I, I, player's that's life. Why I want
0: That's why I yeah. want you to give those, if you'd be kind. To yeah, forget. again, it's,
1: it, it's simply put, and this is in the recruiting process, this is every conversation that we ever have with any kid. I don't care if you're a transfer from an SEC school or a high school kid that wants to be a part of our program. You have to be able to do four things, and those four things sometimes are measured in in high stances and measured in participation, but either way, you have to do these, and that's uh, you have to be able to move the ball. You have to be able to pass it. I'm not interested in guys that cannot pass the ball. Everybody's got to be able to move it you got to be able to guard the ball. Um that's a, a personal pride thing. If you can't do that, then you can't play. You got to be able to rebound the ball. I don't want to see a guy stand there and let the ball fly over his head and expect a big kid to rebound that. That's a lack of effort, that's a lack of willingness to commit to getting the basketball. And then the fourth thing is is being in great shape. That's a personal choice. Um if you're not in great shape, then don't don't talk to me about playing basketball because this game is faster and stronger and, and in best that i've ever seen it and so those four things to me are all choice
0: mm-hmm. i love it absolutely love it yeah i mean there's that, those are standards that i think you can hold anyone to at any level and i think i i think they're brilliant uh really is good there hey let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners dr dish Dr. Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high-tech and durable basketball shooting machines on the market today. Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high-repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Dish offers game-like training to give hundreds of shooting reps in just minutes and to provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dish has also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind in basketball shooting Industry that enables coaches and players to stay connected, design and upload training exercises that combine shooting, conditioning and ball handling into one complete workout and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real time adjustments and improved performance. It is without question the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. It's been the official shooting machine of coaching you for the last two years. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to Dr. Dish basketball.com or follow them on Twitter at Dr. Dish B Ball. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the thing that since we've really gotten to know each other well is the thing that really fascinates me is your personal philosophy of how you connect with kids and I think that this formula, this this style, this who you are, your DNA I think uh, would hold true. Uh, anywhere you coach, I don't care if you're coaching in high school, you're coaching at uh, a prep school, an NAIA school, a Power Five, or an MBA team. I think these are the things that are are true to coaching. Uh, these are that's why you know I think we hit it off so well is that yeah. I believe in what you're doing. Uh, talk to me about some of your philosophy and and go anywhere on it. You know, uh,
1: well, I, you know, I, I first of all thank you for that. Uh, that's nice to hear. I, I can't. Um I can't get over the fact nowadays that sometimes uh, we lose sight in what's next rather than what we have now. Um, you know, and for me, I was a I was lucky enough to play Division I basketball. I wasn't a great player, but I, I was able to get my school paid for, and I was appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and thankfully that comes from, you know, having great parents and all that other stuff, and not everybody comes from that. So I'm also very appreciative of that. But for me, what, what comes down to getting a young man successful is here is knowing that I don't have all the answers, um, but one thing that we do have is an opportunity. And so when I when we get a young man to get, to understand our philosophy here, we have to respect their past, but we have to sometimes forget a lot of things um that's gotten them there. Uh we have to be giving them the tools to find that I think that these young men are really searching for, and that's to be successful. Um, You know, and to me, we have to look into the person rather than uh the personal agenda that we have as coaches. I, I unfortunately and fortunately, am not going to get a huge pay raise if we win every game we play. And I, unfortunately and fortunately, am not going to get fired if we lose every game we play. So I have to find something in this that drives me every day, it um, gets me going. It gets me excited. And, and really, the, the challenge, the egotistical side of that for me is watching a young man that's failed, whether it's been at other schools or personally in life, and getting him to succeed here. I, I, I love nothing more than when a young man leaves this school, whether he's eligible um, to play more or um, whether he's graduated or what, and he all he wants to do is say, "Coach, I just wish I had another year here." That's what gets me going. I, I just, I really am excited that we have a great product and all that good stuff. But the fact that as a young man will take a chance here and they and they see that if I'm just on time, if I handle myself correctly, if I'm polite to other people, if I connect with my teammates, if I you know, more importantly, look myself in the mirror, knowing that I haven't that I'm giving myself a chance to be successful. Um, then I think that it, what happens is these guys end up just really saying, man, there, there's something neat about just going to school and playing basketball. Um, there's something neat about not having distractions of all this other, well, how many stars are on my name? Or am I actually going to be able to opportunity to go pro? You know, because if you're here, uh, there's a good chance that something's happened to you along the way um, that that's distracted you from being at University of Texas. Uh, because at the end of the day, I have yet to meet a kid uh, that grew up saying, man, my lifelong goal is to play at Texas Wesleyan. I'm okay with that. (laughs) I really am. Uh, You know, I'm humble enough to tell you, but I will tell you that that we've had guys come here that were stunned. uh, The level of basketball they get to play, the coaching uh, that they, that they're, they're able to receive the education that they get. And more importantly, they're able to find themselves in an environment that to be successful. So i you know I just know what works here uh i'm I hope I'm smart enough to to understand what works for us um but my challenge again is is again i, I like guys that have maybe made a couple of mistakes or not been able to find a groove basketball wise and then we really really egotistically try to find that for them here and sometimes it's really difficult sometimes it's really easy um there's no real clean cut cookie cutter approach it's just uh, my staff and I, and if they work with me, they have to be um a little bit broad thinking rather than uh black and white per se, because we really try to get to the core of the young man to get the best out of them. Because basketball tends to be the easiest two hours of their day. Right. Uh, it's the other 22 hours of the day that screws them up. And so we have to really spend more time on that other 22 than we do the two because, uh, you know, obviously I can do math. Um, But the 22 hours of the day tends to be more difficult. So if we can find ways for them to be successful in that 22 hours of the day, then the basketball thing tends to kind of be a little bit lighter, less serious. And then they find themselves, man, I can play this game and do it consistently and successfully. And then we all benefit from that. Um, you know, and people can call us good coaches, our winning program and all that. But ultimately, it's the guys that commit to that process are the ones that allow us to win games and allow us to be successful over periods of time. So for me, uh, that's the egotistical challenge that I fight every day. And we're about to fight that challenge again Sunday. We have a new group of guys coming in. We're going to really have to look at this group and say what works for us. Who's going to be willing to make some uh, some changes and adjustments? And uh, we got to do it fast.
0: I, I'm so, going to put you on the spot because none of this, uh, as all my podcasts, none you don't know one question I'm going to ask you. I don't know what right. the hell I'm going to ask you either. And but you you really uh, fascinated me by one of your statements. Okay, you have a kid come in, uh, he, you know and. I hate to say it like this, but for some of these kids, it's the last chance,
1: right? Absolutely.
0: Yeah, nothing, you know. And they got a they got a year no, no. they got a year with you to see if they can yep. straighten themselves out. That right. is, I mean, I hate to say it like that, but this is basketball rehab, in a way. Oh, wait. absolutely. And, li- and it's life rehab. Um, I mean, if we could do this well in our prison systems and and helping people get back into life and and loving what they do and get back on a on a path where they were incredibly talented before, but they misstepped. They made a bad choice. And, yeah. and a bad choice might have just simply been not going to class. That's all, I yeah. mean, that could have been a bad no, no, choice. No, yeah. It's, it's, it's not, not like, like they're, they're gangsters or anything. Stuff. No, no, right. no. It's not that. So here, now a kid comes in. Now he's going to test you. And he's going to now. He becomes a little bit of a problem to you. How do you deal? And this is, I think, one of the biggest problems in coaching at the collegiate level. How does a coach handle Problems. We can all handle shit that yeah, goes fine. Sure. But how do you handle problems? How do you do it?
1: Well, uh, this might sound corny, uh, but it, it's. I have it takes for a lot for me to get rid of a young man uh, when they when they commit to me. Uh, now, granted, granted, there's lines that we can't cross. Right. But if it's if it's a situation to where his past is coming up. Um. And I, and I, I, and I will look at a kid and I say, man, you're going to be the one that quits here. It's not going to be me. Uh, We are going to figure this out. We're going to talk about it. We're going to, we're going to do what we have to do to make sure that you understand. I don't care about basketball anymore because this is going to translate to your, your relationships. This is going to translate to your marriage. This is going to translate to your employment. This is going to translate to how you approach your son or your daughter. Um, and so when we get to that point, uh, that they realize that I won't quit and that my staff won't quit, uh, it's almost such a humbling thing that again, in the recruitment process, they get tired of me saying this, but we work hard every day to earn their trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm not, I, I'm not worried about if he trusts me. Uh, i I want them to understand that we work hard every day to earn their trust um, you know and and again i I want them to look at me and go, dang, this guy won't stop he He won't stop trusting, you know trying to work for me um, and so when they see that, that that we don't you know again, Brandon, we don't have to recruit 365 days a year so it's not like I'm, I'm I'm missing practice to go see the next guy. they see they see that we're here every day for them. they see that we're here. Uh, really trying to invest in them. And so when these guys do come here that have these trust issues and, and they have these issues of cutting corners and, and walking on thin ice and all the coaching cliches, then we call them on it. We really work with them. We try to figure out, is this really who you want to be? Because at the end of the day, what I really want them to do is I want them to look in the mirror and say, okay, you're going to be the one that quits because I'm not. Uh, does that mean our relationship's perfect? No. Does that mean that, that it's always going to be 50-50? Absolutely not. I'm mature enough to tell you that a lot of times our relationships are probably 80-20 and 80 being on my behalf, you know, if we can just get them to go to class and be productive in the classroom um, and be respectful in the classroom, if we can get them to come to practice and approach it as a team game rather than me having to score 20 a game for us to win, um, if we can get those conversations out of the way early and we can start building trust and us being consistent and transparent with them, it's amazing how these guys want that. Uh, it's a ma- to me, I- I just find it astonishing that these kids come here and it's almost like they're learning this for the first time that you can be grown men, you can be emotional, you can actually show, uh, positive emotion towards each other without it being uncomfortable. And we can learn to communicate with each other, um, in a grown-up manner without yelling and screaming. And sometimes it has to be tough love. But, but the other side of it, um, it's amazing that these guys really harbor around that. Uh, they love that. And then they then they start coming in here and you can't get them out of your office, uh, that kind of thing. And so I think that's the approach we have to take here. I think people use the word culture too much because it's, uh, it's, a, it's a cool word to talk about the culture of your program. But sometimes programs don't have culture. What they have is, is facades, um, you know, for us for me in particular, the only way I know to be is transparent with these guys and they're going to know when I'm upset with them. They're going to know when I love them. And then a lot of times they're going to know, they're going to get tired of me saying it to them. You know, I'm going to be tired, man, I'm proud of you. Or gosh, man, you could have done a little bit better, but you're getting close, you know? And, and I think these guys really, really um, they, they seek that because uh, they're so tired of making mistakes. Uh, They're so tired of falling into those traps. And then when they start doing successful things, we try to keep them, uh, you know, cliche, keep them out of the ditches. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, uh, but but again, I, get, I I only say this because it works for us. I mean, I don't know what works right. for other people. If I can just give somebody a nugget and just say, don't just because it's not working, don't quit on a kid. Uh, they might need to test you a little bit to see how committed you are to them. And then once they see that you are committed to them, good, bad, or indifferent, whether they miss a shot or make a mistake or something to that effect. You still got to discipline him, you still got to love him, but you got to stick with him. You're, I, I i never understood why a coach at the collegiate level is so eager to get rid of a kid because of a personality conflict, or maybe they're not communicating well, or, or he's not respecting you the way you want him to respect. Well, if I'm correct, every coach brings these kids in. Right. Uh, it's not like we're sitting here in a high school saying, I have to deal with this certain kid. We've all asked this kid to be a part of our program. Now, for me in particularly, I hope this never bites me in the butt, but uh, and the other side of that is I I look at these kids and say, you know what, I asked them to come here. So whatever baggage they have, I have to acknowledge that. Uh and I have to know that I'm that's what I'm dealing with going into this. Um and then it's my job also to really try to, you know, steal a phrase from Calipari, just trying to turn them into the best version of themselves. Um, you know, and, and I don't know what that is a lot of times until we have to have a conflict to to figure it out. But I think the, the overwhelming challenge for me is that I think these guys really enjoy having that discipline in their life and that consistency. Sometimes it comes quicker than others. Sometimes it doesn't. It takes winning or uh, a, a positive situation for them to to realize that you're for real. Um, but, but again, we don't go away. Um, you know, when we started this podcast, I'd ask one of my former players to step outside or listen to me babble for 30 minutes cause he's heard all this before, but it's like, you know, the, once they get the feel for this place and they realize it's theirs, uh, it's amazing how much more transformation you can get out of them with consistency and some transparency.
0: You know, you so. mentioned, uh, two comments I was going to make when you, you hit me, uh, one was I was going to mention Coach Cal's comments because I, yeah. that's what I thought you're really doing is you're trying to make kids the best version of themselves. And I think yeah. John will say, you don't know sometimes, just like raising your own children, you're not going to know what right. the best version of them is when they're graduating high school or oh, college. No. You're going to find out right. way down the road. And so you might not, the kid that leaves you, you might not know for five years what the best exactly. version, but you helped them get there and and my other comment to you is about coaching is you know you know coaching is a, an, a, an amazing gift that we have and with that it's as I always say it's very similar to parenting and so I, I've never met a kid my two included and your three to be yeah. four uh, that at some point doesn't disappoint you doesn't let you down doesn't piss oh, sure. you off it happens all the time but you know what we have to love them and we coach them and raise them and parent them and and these are your kids and so now your job is to help as best you can make them successful and that's the, what I love about your philosophy you're not saying if you're not perfect Get your ass out of here! That's right. not that you're doing just the opposite. You're doing what a parent does. You're doing what a coach should do. So that's why I well, love about your philosophy. Yeah,
1: there's a there's a reason why we're here. I mean, right. uh, there's a reason why, when I say here, I mean sitting here in Fort Worth, Texas, having the opportunity to talk to you, which is beyond my my getting up in the morning recollection. I mean, I I'm just ecstatic. But my fact is, is that there's a reason why we're at Texas Westland. And now, right. does that mean that it's second nature or something bad? No. Because we turned out uh, to be pretty good at what we do here. Uh, and there's a facet for us just like there is for anybody else. But, again, and I, I just like your – we're on the same page when it comes to that. I, it drives me crazy to think that um, we're going to be able to change a young man or reform him in, in eight months. We're get, I hope that – when he leaves here, he looks at himself and goes, "Wow i I did something that's better for me. Uh, I don't really care if I ever pleased coach or yeah. or did this or did that. I found that um, that I can do this uh, that I can that I can survive in the world by being accountable and honest and transparent and more importantly, be dependable um, and, and and then I, you know and then you get to the point where man, if you can get them to guard a ball screen." Now everybody's happy, you know, or you know get them to make a free throw when it matters the most or yeah. trust a teammate to hit a game winning shot rather than them pull it. And then that's where the basketball comes in and, and it just becomes just a great, great, unique experience. And unfortunately, um the majority of the time we don't have enough time with these guys. Um but but we gotta make do with what we have by having these so called uh doctor phil sessions or conversations or whatever we've got to do to get this stuff out of the way early but it's not all of the kids it's only typically a few of them you know and some of these guys really got it together and yeah. and unfortunately those are the guys that we don't compliment enough but but majority of the time the guys that we do get to trickle down um they've got to be kind of helped quickly in order if not they're just going to allow all the demons uh to come yeah. out cuz again i I, I am not real um, interested on bringing up the past all the time. I, I want to know what they want in the next eight months. And more importantly, what are they going to do um, to fix it today or even to to get better today? And then we really we really try to harbor those things and, and hammer them every day and compliment them and make sure that we pay attention as a staff. If a kid is if a coach tells me he's been delinquent in time and doesn't care and always skipping class, we're going to make sure that we promote that, uh, that we are like, man, I saw you're on class today. Or, you know, I, I love the fact that you're complimenting your teammates and you're not being selfish today. We're going to make sure that we really hammer those positive things. Cause just like you said, uh, nothing, nothing drives a parent crazier than all we do is, is uh, correct our kids and not, and not promote them positively because then you're just going to have kids that are, worried about making mistakes rather than doing things right. So,
0: You know, when I was driving over in the spring to Fort Worth uh, on I-20, coming from Louisiana, I noticed, couldn't help but notice, that in the great state of Texas, we have some of the biggest mega churches I've ever seen there. I mean, just fabulous. Brother, you have a small church, but, man, you've got a great congregation. Yeah. You're doing great work. And I'm really well, thank you. you. You're really doing great stuff, man. And this is a you know, this is a really a lesson of what coaching is about. And you know, and, and the platform you have is as big as the one. That Chaka has that Jamie has or you know or Rick Carlisle has it's, it's sure. a great opportunity and you're making the most of it and that's what your job is to do so very proud absolutely of you. very very proud thank you proud very much you. and thank you. Uh, you know I'm looking forward to all of our conversations during the year and our friendship and, and I know the coaches around the world have really enjoyed this so Mr. Shingleton Coach Shingleton Coach Brennan my friend thank you so much
1: thank you for the time we appreciate it
0: I had promised you a great guest wow is something else, and I uh, really enjoy it. Hey, we're excited. We're really excited about the videos that we have out there now. And, uh, I, you know, I think the Fort Worth videos have become people had no idea what this one-day clinic was going to be about. Six speakers, off the charts, every one of them. Orlando, ten videos, great stuff. People... NBA guys that are assistants that you don't hear about that are the, just like you know any assistant fantastic teachers and basketball folks and then our Vegas stuff man oh man the Vegas clinic nine videos special stuff great coaches Eddie Messina, Jeff Bezdelic Dave Fisdale I mean it just, on and on, and, and Brett Brown doing one of the most unique Q&As of all time. Stan Van Gundy in Orlando with his Q&A. Stan and Brett Brown are two of the most authentic individuals in the game of basketball. So, great values. Make sure you go to coachingu.tv so that you don't miss out on these. Got to be in your library. Till next week.